Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. I'd like to welcome you to Stevens Creek Church. In the next few minutes, we're going to have three communicators that are, will come and share their heart in God's Word. First of all, there's Dylan Ogle, who is our student ministries pastor. Secondly, you'll hear from Brian McDermott, who serves as our children's pastor. And finally, JT Black will come and close it out, and he is our small groups pastor. We look at this as an opportunity to introduce you to some of the great leaders we have here at Stevens Creek. And so I want you to listen in, I want you to open up your heart, and I want you to receive what God has for you. Well, good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Good. I like you. Yes, I got, a, I got my name yelled. Finally. Um, well, man, it is an honor to be up here. I know I can speak on the uh, behalf of Pastor JT and Pastor Ryan that we are honored to be here. And thank you, Pastor Marty, for allowing us um, to come up here and speak. Um, but I wanted to start off with one question for you guys that I've been thinking about. You know, have you ever been dared to do something? I think a lot of us have been dared to do something when you're dared to do something. Um, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to do something that's new. You have to, you have to go somewhere that you, you really don't want to go. You, you know, being in student ministry, I'm dared all the time. And I hate being dared constantly over and over to, to try the hottest wings, to, to eat this right here that they found in their car the other day. Somebody asked me to. And I'm like, I'm like I'm not doing that. And so, as I, as I was thinking about a story, one of the, one of the funniest stories to me, um, so about two, three weeks ago, there was this kid in student ministry, and he, he loved to ask me, or rather, he dared me constantly to shave my head. Now, if you've ever seen me with my head shaved, you know that's probably not a good idea. And so, I think there's a picture of it. Yeah, that's me. That was about five, six years ago. So, I don't, uh, you know, I don't go back to that right there. Um, but he kept asking me constantly over and over again. He said, you know, he said, Dylan, you should, uh, you know, I dare you to shave your head. And at this point, I'm just fed up with it. So I'm like, you know what? If you make this, this shot right here, I'll shave my head. Now, he's 150 feet away from the basketball goal at this point. So I'm thinking there's just no way. Um, and so I hand him a basketball goal. All I know is that he turns around and he just chunks it across the parking lot. It hits the backboard and it goes in. At this point, I'm over at my car running away crying. He goes to his car and actually pulls out clippers and, and says, all right, I'm ready to go. And so at this point, I say, you know what, I'll give you 20 bucks. I'm even doing that. Um, but I know a lot of us have been, have been dared to do different things. I do want to take you, uh, I want to take a step back, and I want to just take you in my senior year of college. And I was, at this point, I was about to graduate, so I was almost done. I think I had a couple more finals left. And so I was about to graduate, and... Um, I was playing basketball with some students at a local ministry, so I was having fun, obviously dominating, as probably my students know in here. Um, and so I was, I was done, I was on the sideline taking my shoes off, and all of a sudden I felt something hit me. 
And it, I just felt this thing come over me and just something say, hey, this is what I want you to do with your life. I was confused. I was like, I don't know what that really means. And I looked around and I was like, be with students? Like, like I don't know if that's, that's for me. And again, I felt, I felt something tell me, you know, no, this is what I want you to do with your life. And at that moment, um, I'm thinking, you know, I have a plan. Um, I, I have lots of plans. And I had to ask myself one of the biggest questions. I had to ask God one of the biggest questions I've ever asked before. And it was simply this. God, if this is you, I need you to confirm this with me. Can you confirm this? Because we all have plans. I, I graduated with a degree in psychology, got accepted in, into grad school, was going on. You know, I was, I was doing good things. I thought this is where, where I was supposed to go. I had a plan. Anybody here ever planned that God messed up before? Yeah. I had a plan to do something different. And today, what I want to show you um, is actually in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. So if you want to turn there. With me, I want to show you one of the greatest questions that I believed was ever asked. It's especially the most wild question. Now, before we get to the story, it's actually about the story um, of Jesus walking on water. And so, right before that, he actually fed um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. So, the disciples, they just saw him do this miraculous miracle. This, this, you know, they've never seen this before. And so they just saw him do this crazy thing, and at this point, this is where we're going to start off in verse 22. And it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending him home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile... The disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him. That's what I want you to pay attention to. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Now, this right here is, is what I want uh, us to focus on today. Dare to ask. Now, what I also want us to realize is that, you know, Peter was actually where God had sent him, where Jesus had sent him, out on the boat. So in this, in this moment, after they saw him do this crazy thing, this miraculous thing, he was sent on this boat to go to the other side. And he and Peter and the disciples, they found himself in trouble. They found himself in a place that they didn't realize or really know what was going on, afraid that they were going to die. And so Peter found himself in this position and in the middle of a storm, in the middle of, of, of everything coming down, of the rain coming down, of the waves crashing against their boat, they see this figure out in the distance. And now, when you're, if you're in rain, it's really hard sometimes to tell, like, who is that? What is that? And all they heard was a voice. And the thing that Peter says is crazy. He says, if this is you, I need you to confirm this. 
tell me to step out in water. And Peter did. And what I want to, today I want to ask just two questions from this passage. And the first question is this. Ask, is this really God? Have you ever been here before where, where God's messed up something or God's, you know, it, it, something's happened to you? And, and you think, okay, I was supposed to be doing this or I was supposed to be doing that. And then all of a sudden something gets torn down, something gets thrown away. You get asked to do another thing here. Have you ever taken a second before and thought, is this God? Is this God doing this? So take a second and say, God, is this really you? You know, just like Peter couldn't see, just like I, I didn't see God physically tell me to go take that next step towards somewhere else, he had to ask the question. And, for, and today I want you guys to know, sometimes we have to ask the questions. Now let me say this, if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. Because sometimes when you ask that question, we all, usually, I know for me, I already know the answer. I just got to ask the question again. And so whenever we ask that question, the second thing I want us to see is that we should ask, what should I do? The next step of, you know, actually a day later after I said, God, if this is you, I need you to confirm this with me. Uh, Pastor Todd actually called me and said, hey, I'd love for you just to come down and visit this, uh, the staff, and, and obviously I just fell in love with the community here and the place, and uh, what we also see for Peter is that whenever he asked that question, he said, if this is you, I need you to confirm this with me, God said, all right, come, and what we notice is he took a step out of the boat. Sometimes we can ask the question, sometimes we can make a choice to do something, but we never actually take a step towards that thing towards whatever God's calling us uh, to. We have to take a step out. You know, today I started off with the question, you know, have you ever been dared to do anything? And I want to challenge us with this last question. You know, are you daring to ask God the big questions? When's the last time you said, God, is this really you? And if so, what should I do? Thank you, guys. Y'all can dance with me. That's all right. Well, good afternoon times two. And if you are the cameraman slash woman, you might want to move the cameras down about a foot and a half. Dylan is one tall mamma jamma, and I have short torsoism, which means that my torso is very short, which makes me short. And then I can't tuck my shirts in, because then I look like Steve Urkel. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about back in the Family Matters days. Who was there in the Family Matter days? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Winslow, that's awesome. Well, then Pastor Dylan uh, gave us a great message and laid a great foundation on Dare to Ask. And I'm going to follow up with that with dare to listen. Because you know, if you ever ask a question, you need to be ready to listen for the answer, just like Pastor Dylan was talking about. And sometimes it's not always the answer that you're listening or that you're wanting to hear, but it is important for you to be able to hear. Because I believe that the most important factor for your future is that you would hear the voice of God above everything else. 
Our education is great. Uh, your background is great. Where you came from is great. But those aren't the most important factors for our future. Hearing God's voice above all others is the most important factor. And if I had one wish for my children is that they'd be able to hear the voice of God above all others. And I have three teenagers right now, and I know they're hearing a lot of crazy voices, right? And if I had a wish for you, it'd be that you would be able to hear God's voice above all the others, because I know that at work and other times you're hearing some crazy voices too. And if I had a wish for me, it would just be that I would get more wishes, right? Because I'm a pastor and already hear from God and I'm holy, right? I'm already there. That is not true. This this past week, um, hearing so many different voices telling me that I'm just I just don't belong up here. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm going to fall flat on my face. It's just going to be horrible. It's going to be a train wreck. You just need to quit. You need to back out. You guys ever hear those negative thoughts? Those things that come to you and and uh, and so I I came to my wife one morning. I was waking her up this week and um, just telling her bye when I was going to work and. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, ah, just, you know, I'm just going through it. And she said, Ryan, I want you to know that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so, yeah, come on. Give it up for like just women that encourage your men. If you've got, if you've got a, a wife that encourages you, just look at, look at her right now and just say, baby, I love you. You're amazing. There you go. I just I earned you like 10 or 15 brownie points right there. I just saw somebody get a kiss in the middle row right here. We are making it happen. <laughs> this is good stuff. No, but she tells me this, and so I'm, I'm immediately like getting choked up. Like I, I immediately went to the <laughs> stage. Like I, I skipped all the crying, all the tears, and just went to the, <laughs> I can't breathe, you know? And so I just turned around and walked away and got in my truck. I was like, oh, gosh, this is so emotional. But... God spoke to her in that moment and told her exactly what I needed to hear. And I'm telling you, even as a pastor, sometimes I feel like in the cartoons where you have, you know, the little angel and the, and the little devil on one side, you know, and, and, and especially whenever you're driving down the road in front of somebody or behind someone that just can't drive, right? And, and you want to tell them they're number one, but, but then the angel on the other side is like, no, we got to love them. And you're like, but I really want to pass them right now. And he's like, well, you got the Stevens Creek Church sticker on the back of your truck. You really can't do them. Oh, but I put that on my truck. You know, you're like... Or you might have the shirt on or, you know, but you have these two things and they're just battling back and forth against each other and they're constantly going at it. You're like, which one is the right one? But I'm telling you, once you hear God's voice, you're going to be able to know. You're going to be able to know and you're going to be able to discern what is God's voice and, and, and what's not. What's the enemies trying to tell you? And so... It's almost like if you guys have ever been shopping before, you take your kids shopping, you know how hectic and crazy that is, but you really want to find that nice shirt at TJ Maxx that's on sale, and you're just kind of doing the flip and, fl- flip and fly. Anybody else do the flip and fly? Am I the only one here? I'm just... And then all of a sudden, you just hear, Dad, Dad. Like somebody, a child calling out to you, and you poke your head up like you're a deer in the headlights. You're like, oh, my God, I just lost my child somewhere. Like, that's my kid. Where'd they go, you know? And then I'm going to get DCS called on me because I'm not keeping up with my child, and they're running around the store. But I, if you hear the child's voice, you're going to be able to know exactly who it is because you've been around that voice. And I think that's what we see in, in Matthew chapter 14 where uh, Pastor Dylan just left off. And I'm going to kind of follow up on some of this. So let's go back to that scripture Chapter 14, and we're going to go to verse 26. And it says, When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! How many times have you been in a sticky situation and God has shown up in your life and you've misidentified him 
as something else. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus tells him, yes, come. What I find interesting here is that, is that Peter, he couldn't see him, but he knew that if he heard his voice, he would know his voice. He would know that it was him. And then he also felt more comfort being closer to Jesus than he did being inside of his boat because he knew that the boat wasn't his hope. He knew that he wanted to be closer to the one that, was, that made the tree that actually made the boat than he would be inside of it. But he was waiting to hear his voice and call out to him. I think sometimes we need to be like Peter. Peter was a little bit cray-cray. And for you older folk, that means crazy. Peter, and we find in, later on in Scripture that um, whenever Judas was turning Jesus into the soldiers and the soldiers went to grab him, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off the soldier's ear. Right? And then Jesus is like, no, 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 Peter, you can't do that. He puts the ear back on. But Peter is that guy. He's like, I will cut you. Touch my friend again. And see what happens. That's the Peter we're talking about. But Peter knows Jesus. He finds comfort in Jesus. So he wants to be close to him. So he's listening to his voice. And I think sometimes we need to be more like Peter where it's like, you know what? If I know that Jesus is there, then that's a, part, that's a place where I want to be. And I want to I be close to And then I know that we're also asking ourselves this one question, and that is, why can I not hear the voice of God? Why am I not hearing it? Why can you hear it and I can't? And I think this this answer is so easy, and it's really just because we're just not paying attention. We're just not tuned in. A lot of times we might be looking for a voice that's like this. It's like, Ryan, Ryan, it is I, God, from heaven. Of course, he speaks in King James Version, and he's like, thou starts greatest in the kingdom, Ryan. Does not worry about anything in the world, right? And so you're looking for these voices that are coming down. Like, oh, Lord, it must be you. That's your voice. I know it, right? But no, it doesn't always happen like that. It's sometimes it's, it's, it's in the most random places at the most random times. And I'm going to share a story with you about my son, Boston. And uh, if y'all don't know, my wife and I, Brooklyn, who's an amazing woman, um, she has, we had four children together, right? We like to spend a lot of time together. But we have Boston and Balin and, and Presley and Aussie. But one time Boston was, he was uh, downstairs, he was getting ready for bed. He was doing what any normal middle schooler would be doing while he's getting ready for bed. He's listening to worship music, right? And so he's doing this, but he feels impressed. He feels impressed upon him. He feels God speak to him. And he says, I want you to, you have a friend that is struggling right now and that needs, that needs you. And he needs to know that I am here for him. And I need you to do this right now. I need you to go tell him I'm here for him right now. And so he's like, okay. So he ends up calling his friend. He's like, hey, I need you to meet me. And of course they live close to each other. And he says, man, I'm, it's, I'm getting ready for bed. I can't meet you right now. And it's, it's the middle of the night. And he's like, bro, you got to meet me right now. He's like, my parents ain't gonna let me get out right now. And so he's like, it doesn't matter. Just meet me. And so they both sneak out. We don't even know. I didn't even know this was happening. His parents didn't know this happened. They just leave and they meet in the middle of the road. And but he tells me, he says, hey, God just wanted me to tell you that he's here for you. He, I know you're going through a hard time right now, and, uh, and I'm here for you, and God's here for you, and he's not, he's not left you alone. And so his friend just tells him, he says, man, you have no idea what I've been facing. You have no idea what I've been going through. I think sometimes in our situations in our life, we have a friend. We have somebody that needs to hear 
that God is here for them. And I think there'll be times in your life where God is speaking to you and God is telling you that you need to go tell somebody else that, that God is here for them. Just like he, Jesus says right here, he says, I am here. Many times in the scripture, we find that Jesus is referred to as the I am. He is the bread of life, right? We read this throughout all the scripture where the I am is here to save us. And in that moment, Boston, what separates him from some of us is that one, he was, he was in his presence. He was in God's presence and he was aware. He was aware of God's voice. And in, in, in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice and follow me. Everybody say, bah, <laughs> we're all sheep. There you go. So now you listen to God's voice. But God used him because he was available. He was in his presence. So I want to dare you today to listen. You have to dare to ask the questions. And you also have to dare to listen to God's voice and be able to know that he's speaking to you. You know, James 1.5 says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, you have to ask him. Just like Pastor Dylan just mentioned to us. I have two points that I'm going to share with you. These are monumental. These are huge, huge. They're going to be great. You're going to love them. That's about as far as I go. Point number one is this. It's that you have to dare to listen through prayer. It's not just about what you're saying while you're praying, but it's what is God trying to say to you while you're in prayer, while you're in that quiet time, while it's just you and God in those moments. What is he trying to say? Not so much about I've got this problem and this problem and I need this and I need that, but God, what can you speak into me right now? And the second one, or no, let me back up to this, is James 1.9 says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Wives, you can tell your husbands that. Just write James 1.9 across right now. Just highlight that scripture, show it to them every day and be like, you need to be quick to listen and slow to speak, right? I know a lot of times my wife's like, are you even hearing what I'm saying to you right now? But many times in our life, we need to be able to practice James 1.9. The second point is this, listen through God's word. If you know God's word, then you know him. You know everything about him. This word tells us so much about it. We need to know that he cares about us so much that he wants to speak to us, that he cares about every single hair on your head, even if you don't have a lot of hair on your head. Brother Eric... He cares about him though. He loves him. It's a good looking head. But we need to be able to know that God cares about every part of our life. We don't need to walk around and, and just think that, oh, it's just poor me. I'm just, I'm in this situation. It's it. I'm done for. No, we need to know there is hope. We find hope in Jesus in all of our circumstances, no matter what storm is going around us. And we need to know that whether we're in the middle of the sea or we're getting ready for bed, my hope for you is that you're going to be blessed and you're going to listen to God's voice and you're also going to obey it. I thank you so much for your time today. Be blessed. What a great Sunday it's been so far. Over the last few minutes, we've been talking about daring to do the impossible. We've been looking at the scripture and seeing a man walk on water. 
We talked about daring to ask, and we talked about daring to listen, and I want to challenge you with one last thing, daring to step out. I want to dare you to step out. Matthew 14, verse 28, if you want to go back with me there, it says, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me, Jesus said. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Dare to step out. We can probably all agree, you know, listen to Pastor Ryan. He talks about Peter. He had a crazy personality. And every time I read through this story in the past, growing up and, and over the last few years, uh, I, I see this story and I just throw it off as this is, this is just Peter's personality. This is, I could never do that. He's a bold guy. He's a crazy guy. He cuts people's ears off. He's a bold man, so bold that he is the rock at which this church that we're meeting in today all started because of Peter and his ministry. He's a bold man. I can never live that up. And we live in a personality uh, test world, right? We have the Enneagrams. Any Enneagram people in here? Yeah, a few. No, not not many of us. Disc personalities, the Myers-Briggs, all these things. We learn about who we are. Are we introverted? Are we extroverted? Uh, What really, what kind of impact do we have on society with our personality and a lot of times we just cast away I can't do that because that's not within my personality and that's what I did with Peter I could never be that bold to walk on water and I was okay with that but over the last few weeks I've looked at this story and I really have grown to admire his faith I want to challenge us to do two things as we dare to step out number one is that we dare to step through the doubt step through the doubt You know, in many ways, it's human nature to doubt. Storms are around us or just going through everyday life, like Pastor Ryan was talking about. It's easy to doubt ourselves. In the book of Mark, we we read this story uh, in a different way. And the same 5,000 people that were present at the the feeding of the 5,000, they followed Jesus around the Sea of Galilee. They met him the next day. And it talks about how these people were still demanding that Jesus prove who he said that he was, to do another miraculous sign, to do something to catch their attention. They needed Jesus to prove that. They were doubting less than 24 hours after Jesus fed 5,000 people with a Happy Meal. That's pretty crazy. In verse 30, we see that Peter, he's walking on water. He's doing something that only two people in the existence of the world have done. He's walking on the water and he sees the waves. He feels the wind. He feels the rain. And he begins to doubt and he begins to sink. All these things around him distract him. And as you read through the story, it can be easy to to look at Peter and to kind of rip him. Like, oh man, what kind of faith did this guy have that he's sinking in the ocean? But this guy walked on water. That's pretty cool. And um, I admire that kind of faith. Jesus asked Peter, why did you doubt me? And it's because he was simply distracted. He had doubts because of the distractions that clouded around him. Now, in our own lives, these may be normal things. It may be work. It may be just being busy. It could be things that are going on with our family, trying to figure out uh, how to parent, trying to figure out how 
to be newlyweds, whatever it may be, you're going through life, the distractions of life, juggling everything, those can take our eyes off of Christ and those are all great and wonderful things. But we have to stay focused. We have to step through that doubt. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is to step in confidence. To step in confidence. When Peter jumped out of the boat, the Bible tells us that he was a part of the disciples groups that were terrified. They thought Jesus was a ghost at first. These guys were scared. And I don't think that fear left Peter immediately once he stepped outside of the boat. It's obvious. He began to sink Shortly after that, he was nervous. And to step in confidence doesn't mean to say you have to step out without fear. You have to step out without any anxieties. You have to step out in faith, but you can't have any of those things follow along with you. That's not what stepping in confidence is. But stepping in confidence is knowing that somebody will be there to get you. Stepping in confidence like Peter did. Peter knew when he stepped over if something happened, the creator of the world would be there to pick him up. And that's exactly what happened. It reminds me of a story of my son. I have two kids, my wife, Brittany, and I. Um, we have two kids, a little girl, June. She's about to graduate kindergarten, which I always thought kindergarten graduations were stupid and crazy and stuff until my go- daughter was in kindergarten, and now it's my favorite thing, and I can't wait for Thursday morning. <laughs> Sorry, parents, if I made fun of you before. Um, but last su- summer, summertime's great. You get your kids to the pool. You get them to swim as much as you can so they sleep really sound and go to sleep early at night, right? And so summer was here last year. My son was scared to death of the water. He had no desire to be a part of it. And every time we went to the pool, he'd scream and cry and all these things and just sit out to the side. One day, I finally decided I was not going to let that happen anymore. And I just kept coaching him, hey, jump over the edge. You're going to love it. So eventually, he does. And he loved it. It's like... The light just went off for him. And so he jumped in. He would swim to me. I was teaching him how to swim. Now, he has, he can float easier, okay? Let's just say that. He, he can float pretty easily. And so he would swim slash float to me. And I'd push him to the steps. And, and he'd get out. And he just a circle over and over. We spent hours and hours last summer doing this. And he just grew comfortable with it. He knew I was going to be standing there. He knew I was going to catch him, push him to the side. And it was just going to keep going on and on. Well, we took a break for a minute and got out of the pool, and I went to the side. I was talking with my wife at one of the chairs, and I was trying to get him to to eat a snack and just kind of rest for a little bit, and all of a sudden, I hear a splash behind me. Now, he can float, but he can't float that well, and so uh, I took off running. I, I grabbed him by the arm, and I pulled him out of the pool, and I thought he'd be really scared and nervous, but this is the face that I was greeted with right there. Isn't he cute? Uh, he was just excited. It was like he knew I was going to be there. And I think that's exactly what we see here with Peter. No matter what would happen, Peter knew that Jesus would be there to rescue him. And I want to say the same for you. No matter where you are in life, as you step into God's purpose for you, Jesus, God, they're going to be there to pick you up. You know, you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, This is a great story. I heard it when I was growing up. Guy walks on water. But what does that have to do with my life? What does it have to do with where I'm at now? What does it have to do with the problems that I'm facing at work? What does this have to do with my marriage? Or what does this have to do with my kids? Now, for all of us, you know, we're at a church where we talk about taking those next steps. And I believe there are some next steps that we can take. For some of us, it's growing up in our faith. 
Maybe you just recently graduated high school. Maybe you were graduating college and and you're taking a step out of faith into this new chapter of life, this new excitement, and you're planting your flag and you're saying, I'm not going to live on my parents' faith any longer. I want to make this my own. A couple weeks, or Sunday a week ago, we celebrated baptism. People planting that flag and declaring that on their own. This is my faith. I'm going to own it now. Maybe for you, it's stepping up in confidence, like Pastor Ryan was talking about. Just having the confidence to live life in a way that you have this assurance that God is right beside you. You have to grow up. You have to own where you're at. You have to own your purpose. But it's stepping out in confidence. And you have to, that's your next step in faith. Maybe there's something that's holding you back from stepping out. You know, oftentimes it's the storm that is within you that is far greater than the storm that's going on around you. Sometimes we blame our problems in our marriage or our problems at work or our problems with our children on those situations when in fact it's what's going on inside of us that's really torturing us. That we know that we're not living up to that potential that God's called us to. We all deal with that. We've all been in that place where the storm inside of us is raging so hard we just can't figure out what else to do. We have to step out in faith. We see this story and we see Peter, he's bold, he's crazy, he's all these things, yes, but he has faith and he steps out of the boat. While everybody else is gripped with fear, they stay inside of that boat. They don't run to the creator of the world. That can be us sometimes. Where we're so paralyzed, we're so gripped with fear, with anxieties. Maybe we're listening to those outside voices and we just can't get out of the boat. Maybe we're dealing with the sin. Maybe we're dealing with something that's just paralyzing us spiritually to where we're not really able to fully see that God's eyes purpose that's in front of us. As we fast forward to the end of this story, we see not only does Jesus reach out and pick Peter up, but take note, they have to walk on the water. Peter has to walk on the water yet again to get back in the boat. He did the impossible not once, but twice. They got back into the boat and it says in the scripture, the storm calmed. Everything, all those distractions left because they were with their creator living in their purpose. So today, You find yourself surrounded by these storms. You find yourself distracted by all these things in life. You find yourself trying to figure out, what is this next step that I'm supposed to take? You know, again, we go to, we see in Mark 6, 29, we see a scripture where Jesus not only went to the other side after all this story and was talking with these people, but he also tells them, This is the only work God wants from you is to believe in the one he has sent. John 6, 29. Maybe for you, that's your next step. Maybe you're watching online. You've been watching for weeks and maybe even months and you've never stepped foot on this property and you're trying this Christianity thing out and you're not really sure, but your bold step out 
is to step into saving grace with faith with Jesus Christ. We got to step through the doubt. We have to step in confidence. Maybe you're doubting your faith. You're doubting where God's positioned you. The next few moments, we're going to pray. And I want us to look at this scripture for really what it is. To daring to live that impossible life, daring to live in God's purpose. It's so countercultural to everything that we see. We in society we see we want to fit in. We want to be a part of groups. We have all these labels that we put on people. We just want to fit in and we want to be normal with everybody else. God's called us to so much greater. God's called you to so much greater. Jesus told us right before he ascended into heaven. He said, all these things that I've done, these miracles that I've done, these people that I've raised to life, these physical healings that I've I've performed, all these things, you will do those same exact things. But he doesn't end it there. He says, you will do those things and even greater. You're called to greater. You're called to so much more, to do the impossible. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for this dare to live the impossible life, to step out of our comfort zone. God, we, today, we dare to ask, give us those God-sized dreams. Ask, ask of us, demand of us, call us, however we want to phrase it, God, but call us to so much greater. We're here asking for that. God, I I pray that we would all dare to listen this week, today that we would get home, that we would spend even moments in silence. There's so much noise and chaos going on all around us, music, TV, movies, our cell phones, all these things that just distract us. God, we pray that we would just sit in silence, that we would hear your voice. And God, when we hear what you've called us to, that we would dare to step out. And if somebody's in here, if somebody's watching online or watching on their phone or wherever they're at, if they've not accepted you as their personal savior, I invite them and I invite you to pray along with me. God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. God, I I pray that you are my savior, that you're the leader of my life. For all of us in this room, I pray that those noises and storms that are going on within us, that are distracting us from what you called us to, that you would just let those storms subside. Give us peace. Those things that just grip us each and every day, we wake up and we know those demons are gonna be staring us in the face. God, we pray victory. You've already won this battle. God, we proclaim that now so that we can see and fulfill your purpose. To all those storms that are raging on around us, whether it's fights with our family, whether it's 
arguments at work, whether it's the politics of life and trying to figure out how we're going to make ends meet at the end of the month. God, all these storms to take our eyes off of you. God, we pray that you would just pick us up. Put us back in the boat and let us row along in our purpose with you as you lead the way. God, we proclaim your victory. We know and we dare to do the impossible. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.